Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. Today I'm joined by Barbie Jo Hatch, who is a personal organizer and life coach serving busy mums by simplifying themselves and their space so they can go from overwhelmed to organized. Barbie Jo is a mother of five children and a farmer's wife. After two failed crops, she found herself standing in line at a government office applying for assistance. It was then that she realized things things needed to change and she needed to take control of her family's future. Living on the farm, they often live their life for the next season, hoping it will be better than the last. Living on a tight budget was their way of life, but she was determined to change this. Many times in her life, Barbie Jo felt that she's had very little control over her life, but has always had control over her physical surroundings, finding support and controlling, keeping her surroundings organized and tidy. Over the next 12 years, she's used that skill to help others become more organized and has rescued them from feeling super overwhelmed and stuck and has built a thriving business and is now able to contribute to her family's financial needs. Today, Barbie Jo is sharing with us how she battled to seek her husband's support in her business and how she built a community around her to give her the support and confidence she needed. So welcome, Barbie Jo. It's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I, I, um, your story, I can relate to on so many different levels, and I know that I'm not the only one that can relate to this. Uh, there's been so many coaching calls that I've been on with my clients and that I've been on as uh, in a group environment where um, spousal support or husband support has come up along the along the line. And there has been battles with trying to get them on board to uh, see the vision, to uh, trust in themselves and to believe in the business. And I know from experience, it can be really, really hard Um when you feel like your partner perhaps doesn't believe in you um, and and you kind of take it personally, even though I now know that that's, that often comes from lack of experience and understanding, but in the moment when you're speaking to them and they don't quite get it or they give you advice that perhaps isn't aligned with what you're wanting to do, it can really, really sting. So I'd love for you to, to share a bit more about the impact that your husband's lack of support had on you, but more importantly, how you navigated through that and how you went on to build a community around you um, to help you to get the support and confidence that you needed. Yeah, I was in a really tough situation because we had just filed for government assistance to help feed our family. Things were extremely tight I knew I I wanted to contribute to my family and I didn't know how to do that. I knew there was something I could do, but I just didn't know what. So I was reflecting back on my childhood and I grew up as an athlete 
And the first thing we ever did when we wanted to get better or improve our skill was we hired a coach. And I thought, why would it be any different in the business world? So I reached out and I found somebody that I thought could coach me through building a business and setting up, you know, the beginnings of my own business. And it wasn't until I approached my husband and I told him what I had done and that I had made this very significant investment and he freaked out and he said, no, we can't even afford to feed our kids. Why are, why would you go and do this? Why would you spend this money that we don't have? This is a very bad idea. Go get it back. Ask for your money back. And I said, oh, okay, you know what? You're right. It probably was very irrational of me and irresponsible. So I tried to go back and I said, I need my money back. I don't know what I was thinking. We can't even afford to buy, you know, the good cereal, let alone a a big coaching contract. So as she talked to me, this coach said, you know what? You need this more than ever because of where you're at in your life. This will help get you out of where you're at in life. And I said, you know what? You're right. And this is the only way to do it is to have an expert teach me how and show me how. So I went ahead and I did it. And I was terrified for my husband to find out. But he asked me later that evening if he got if I had gotten the money back. And I said, you know what? I decided to go ahead and go through with this. And he wasn't happy. And I'm sure he had a few sleepless nights thinking, oh my gosh, where are we going to come up with this money? Now, what do we do? But I believed in myself and I knew that if I put in the work and if I didn't give up, that I could gain the skill, just like in the sporting world. If you put in the effort, you receive the proper training and coaching, you will improve. You will learn the sport or the skill that you need. And that's how I viewed it. And so that's kind of what got me through because I didn't have my husband on board in the beginning. In fact, he was saying things like, oh, well, we could have afforded to do this if you hadn't done that. And that was thrown at me quite a lot in the beginning. And I just had to really rely on that, that training from my background growing up in sports, knowing that just you wait, just you wait, it's coming, I'm coming. I love that. You know, I'm scribbling away while you're writing because there's so many key points just from from everything that you've just said that I really want to kind of touch on. Um, The first one being that you said you knew that there was something that you could do, but you just didn't know what. And so many of us have that same feeling um, where we know that we want more and we know that we can perhaps get more, but we just don't know how. Um, And the difference between what you did versus what a lot of people do is they try and figure it out on their own and spend time and um, or waste time and waste money uh, by trying to do it on their own because they're not making money because they're still figuring it out. Whereas what I love about you is that you took your experience from the sporting industry and I'm, uh, I'm a, a sporty person as well. So totally relate to the whole getting a coach um and I know me and you have spoken about this before but it's something that I really kind of want to bring up and really kind of talk about in a bit more detail because 
all too often we think getting a, a business coach or a life coach or someone to help us do something is weak or you know a waste of time and a waste of money etc um, and yet you look at every single sports person and even anyone that's listening that's ever taken part in sport they have always had a coach and the reason that they've had a coach is they <clears throat> want to learn how to get better and they want to learn to be good and they want to improve and they want to learn more about the sport or whatever it is that they're doing. And it's almost abnormal for anyone in a sporting um, industry to not have a coach. Um, and yet too many people are failing to um, blur those lines and see that that's exactly the same in life and business. And so uh, your mentality of, well, the first thing I need to do is get a coach has probably saved you thousands of pounds and a, a lot of hours that a lot of people say they don't have. Because when you're figuring it out on your own, you're not selling, you're not putting things out, you're not doing it right. Therefore, you're going to get very little back in return. Um, so I absolutely love that. And again, like you said, you know, about um, trusting in yourself and knowing that in the past, when you've put the effort in, you've been rewarded um, again, referring back to the, the sporting side of things, but more like when your husband was throwing it in your face and, and potentially pulling on your heartstrings, there was still that voice inside you that was saying, trust me, um, just you wait. Um, and I love that mentality because I must admit, I've had to dig deep and use that mentality quite a few times in my career where I'm like, just you wait until I prove you wrong. It's gonna be so lovely. Um, but even though I say that, it still kind of really hurts. And I remember when I, I got made redundant and then set up my business, my husband said on more than several occasions, well, you chose to, to be self-employed. And I was like, well, not strictly speaking. Yes, uh, I was made redundant, but I then went on to choose. And it, it almost kind of stung and did create a few limits and beliefs in my mind that I then had to work through. Were there any beliefs that started to form outside of that internal trust that perhaps were causing a bit of resistance or a bit of a challenge to you off the back of what your husband was saying? Yes, it was, it stung a lot because here he's supposed to be the closest person to me. He's my partner in life. And I figured he would be supportive in everything about my life. And that just wasn't the case. He couldn't see what I could see. So I had to find support elsewhere for that area of my life. Now, granted, he's wonderful in other areas of the home and the family. And that's great. But I was holding him to another level of, of, you know, expecting him to be this perfect person in all these different capacities. And he just was not. Mm. And I knew he was falling short. And instead of holding on to that resentment and that bitterness, because how dare he not be able to understand what I'm doing and creating. And instead, I just went and found support of other women that were doing the same thing I was. So I didn't have to hold him responsible for offering me that support. I love that. I love that. Um, again, I, I just relate so much to your to your story. And I and I know that people listening are, are also <laughs> because it's so easy to hold on to that resentment. Um, and again, I'd probably say I found peace in the last 12 months, but probably really in the last eight, where I've actually 
very much reminded myself on a regular basis that I wouldn't ask someone who can't swim how to swim. So why am I holding the advice of my husband so like close to me um, when really he's coming from a protection point of view as a husband who loves me rather than from a business angle with experience? And he'll often say to me, even though I've worked in his industry and, you know, the industry's changed a lot since you were last in it. And I'm like, oh, well, fair play. But, you know, from what I can remember and from my experience, there is this. Whereas if he can say that, why am I then holding on to every word that he says when he's had no experience in my industry? Um, and it was quite liberating when I started to think that. And so I keep reminding myself, I wouldn't ask someone how to swim if they can't, you know, or teach me how to swim if they can't swim. So don't ask people around me who don't know. And that's yes. that I don't love and, uh, and um, love them and respect them and want and sometimes still want their opinion. But the reality is they're not going to be able to give me the advice that is going to be beneficial for me and, and my business and that um, won't affect my confidence. And so, again, like you, I, I seeked out community um, and found like minded people. And again, that's the total game changer. Isn't it? it is. It really is. Yeah. Because it's a lonely road. Being an entrepreneur is very lonely. And there's sometimes you just want to bounce ideas off somebody and just have them say, yes, that's a great idea. You should do that. And so to have that community of people that can offer you that encouragement and that support is so vital because there are a hundred times a day where I'd feel like, why am I doing this? Who am I? to be doing this. And so to have that support is the only thing that will get you through because you could white knuckle your way through it and just say, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up, but it's miserable. Why not surround yourself with that community of like-minded people that can support you and propel you forward. And I also learned by doing that, to get in the room, to build communities around people you want to aspire to become like, mm. and they help you, re you know, reach a higher level of expectation, even within yourself. I love that. I love that. And I guess, you know, that again, that's one of the advantages of having a coach because they have been where you are and they will um, help show you how to get from where you are to where you want to be, which is essentially where they are. Um, and so when you surround yourself with people who are already living and experiencing the success and the life that you want, one, it's showing you it's possible, but two, you know that you're going to be guided through challenges and obstacles with, with true experience to, to guide you, but also to have that support behind you to motivate you to keep going. Where did you find these people and how easy was it for you? Because again, Quite often, it can feel very, very lonely, especially if you are working um, on the on in the online world, because essentially you are looking at a screen all the time in a room, not really mixing with people. And especially in the last 18 months where we haven't had the chance to actually travel and meet people. How have you gone about actively finding these people? Because, again, um, I'm sure there are people sat here listening thinking, well, that's all well and good, but I just don't have those kind of people in my support network or around me. But the reality is we actually have, I mean, you're in America, I'm, I'm in the UK, we're chatting, we've connected. 
we are in a position now where we can actually reach out to anyone wherever they are in the world. So it, the world has suddenly grown and the opportunity has grown too. Yes, and it's so easy to search things, to search groups of people that are doing what you're doing or interested in your interests. Facebook, social media has made it so easy to find those groups of people already congregating and to join them. But before I did that, I joined a local group of business networkers. And they were from, you know, all different kinds of businesses. They were not in my industry at all, but that's where I started. Mm. And we met on a weekly basis and we would try to refer each other and just get to know each other's businesses and, and on a personal level, who we were as people. And that started it. And I was like, oh, by getting out and meeting people, I'm finding all kinds of support in all kinds of areas, whether it's, you know, marketing and sales, whether, whether it's perfecting my craft, whether it's, you know, just having those professional relationships that you'll need down the road, you can find them anywhere. Mm -hmm. Go out to the events, be, be committed to um, help in your community, in your church. And then online, Mm -hmm. we can search anything on social media and find existing groups of people that are doing what we are doing. Mm, yeah, so true. And again, I think, you know, sometimes social media gets such a, a, a bad rap, um, but there's so much good that can come from it. And I think when when we've all felt so isolated, the reality is we can all stay connected. And there are amazing things like Zoom and things like that, where you physically have a conversation that isn't quite the same. You can't give them a hug afterwards, but you can see someone's face. And I think there's a lot to be said in that. I don't like speaking on a telephone where I can't see someone. I love to see people's faces. Um, I just yeah. want to remind it a little bit back to when you first started with your coach. Um, I know obviously the confidence and everything was coming through from everything that you've just spoken about. And I know that your husband was a work in progress. But you did start by saying that you didn't know what you wanted, which is why you hired a coach. How quickly into working with her were you able to figure out what it was that you wanted? And what did you do to to get to that stage? What processes or strategies did you go through? I thought I knew what I could do. I thought, you know what, I'll just do a done for you um, multi-level marketing company that already is set up already has the products, already has everything for me. And I just need to learn how to market it and sell it and build a team. And then I learned quickly, that's not for me. I don't want to be making somebody else money. I want to make myself money. Mm. So then I thought, well, maybe I want to be a coach. So I just started dabbling in things that I thought I would like. And it wasn't until my coach said, what is it you could see yourself doing for the next 10 years? And that's when I said, oh, it took a minute. I had to pause and really think about it and reflect on my skills, my talents, and my loves, the things I love to spend my time doing, things I did well. And at that time in my life, I was in the middle of our ninth move. We were moving from the farm to the city, and I was loving it. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't in chaos. And I was loving the whole process of moving, even though we were surrounded in boxes, 
we were still very organized and everything was still functioning and flowing as it should on a normal basis. And that's when I, I looked at my coach and I said, you know what? I love organizing and I could do that forever. Mm. And she said, there you go. There's your business. Mm. Go out and do what you love to do. And this is the thing I think we all try and Well, sometimes I think we've forgotten what we love, to be honest. I think we've mm. got so caught up in doing what is expected of us um, and what we're told to do essentially through education, get a good job, you know, buy a house, blah, blah, blah. But we can kind of go through that without actually checking in as to whether that's something that really lights us up. And I know sometimes if you ask people, well, what do you love to do? People are like, well, I don't know. I've got no clue whatsoever. Um, and I always then reverse it and say, well, what do you not want to do? Because people can always tell you what they don't want to do, which then helps you to get to where you do what, what you do want to do. But I do find it terrifying how we can lose sight of what makes us happy and, and what we're good at because of the society that we're in. And, you know, I love just reminding myself of what it is that I want to do. And, and since I've run my business, I know that I'm aligned in what I want to do because I never see it as, as hard work. And I walk out of, you know, calls like this and stuff on a high thinking, wow, I just love this. Um, and I know uh, certainly in lockdown when um, we were, everyone was juggling, the, where I could tell the days that I'd worked versus the days I hadn't by my mental state. Um, and I think, again, that really is an indicator if something really lights you up, then why not do it? So having been like having had that conversation and being told well, that's your business, was your how did you go from, well, that, that's a great idea to let's make this happen? Did you trust in the process? Did you get caught up in the how and therefore then procrastinate and go into the minor details? Or were you very much, I trust in the process and I'll just see what happens? I very much trusted in my coach because I think that was also a gift from being raised as an athlete. You trust your coach to know what's best for you to help get you to your goal. And so I did, I went all in. I gave my coach all of my trust and I, I did what I was told. And yes, there were some moments where I was kind of stuck and I'd be like, help. I don't know what to do. This is stopping me up. And that's when I could either go to my coach. I could go to my community of support and be like, what did you do in this situation? And have other people say, oh, you could do this or try that. And it just helps give you better perspective. So you're not because when you're so close to your work, sometimes it's hard to see the big picture and have somebody else be able to step back and say, oh, no, this is what's happening. And it's really great is really refreshing because sometimes it's hard to step back from your work because we're in it. We're in the thick of it and we are up close and personal. So it's hard for us to step back and be like, no, this is going to work. This will be okay if we do it this way or that way. Mm. Totally. We can get so caught up in our own head, can't we, that we can't see the wood through the trees. Were there any particular techniques that your coach or that the community that you were in advised you to, um, to implement that maybe you could share with people that might be sat here thinking, 
I I don't know what I want or I do know what I want, but I don't know how to do it to help them to get to the place where you are or where you needed to get to at that earlier stage. Trial and error. Don't be afraid to go out and try something. Mm. And then you'll learn right away whether you love it or hate it. I grew up, um, I was a dancer. I got my degree in dancing. I went to school to become a dancer. And after I graduated, I loved the creative process of dancing and choreographing and performing. And I loved it. So I, once I got married, I started my own dance studio and I was teaching dance and I learned, I did not love to teach dance. I loved to be the performer. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is not for me. Same thing when I went into um, life coaching, mm. it only took me a handful of clients to be like, okay, this is not for me. I would much rather help people get a very tangible result. And that's when I kind of pivoted into organizing. So don't be afraid to try different things because that's the only way you'll evolve. You're not stuck in one lane for your entire life. Mm. You have the option and the freedom to explore everything until you find what fits best for you how do uh, that's so true and and I totally relate to that and I think you know it is really important because we're evolving processes and therefore nothing that we do will stay the same we're always pivoting but was there a time when you tried the dance um teaching dance and then again with life coaching where you felt that you'd failed in any way, or did you simply allow yourself to navigate through that um, as a, well, I now know that I don't want to do that and I'll keep going and persevering. Was there a battle or? I never did fail. Looking back, it was definitely a learning process for me to become the person I needed to become. But in the moment, yes, I was thinking, oh, I'm horrible at this. I'm failing miserably at this. That's just the natural tendency because you're not uh, loving what you're doing. But looking back, I had a very thriving business. I had many dancers. I had a great, I put on great recital twice a year. It was very successful. But while I was in it, I was feeling like a failure, mm. that it was not working. And I think it's because my passion and my heart was not in it as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm smiling because I, I'm so glad I was hoping you were going to say what you did say um, in the fact that you have never failed because I don't believe in failure. Um, but I know a lot of people use that word failure and think that they have failed and can go through elements of failing or thinking they're failing. And therefore they're just not designed to do business. Like I've tried it once. I'm just not designed to it. And the reality is you just, you said it so perfectly in the fact that you, you never failed. It was a process you needed to go through. Um, and, and that's so, so true. Everything that we um, need to experience to get us to where we are leads us to that. We, we can't, you couldn't have gone from speaking to your coach straight away and, um, and realizing your business was in organizing, having not gone through the, the other two businesses. Um, and learning the skills from those other two businesses have also helped you in this business. And again, life happens for us and not to us. And I think too often we get caught up in the whole, 
oh, well, I've tried it once or I've tried it twice. It's just not going to work. When the reality is each and every one of those experiences is teaching you something you need to know in order to get to where you want to be and fully thrive. So what did, yes. you, what did you learn um, about yourselves in those other two um, businesses that have really helped you in this current one? I learned that I am a leader, mm. that I can very easily lead people and guide them to where they need to get to, to improve, no matter where that is, whether it's in the dance studio, whether it's in their personal relationships, I found that I have this ability to lead and that I needed to lean into that more. And what could that mean for me as I'm leading people through life as you know, a business? And I also learned that I'm, a, I'm very good at adapting because in life you get thrown curveballs all the time and we just have to pivot and adapt immediately. Like you'll have your whole day set up and your child will come home sick mm. or with a broken toe or, you know, whatever it is. And it throws your whole day out of whack and you just have to pivot and move on mm. and make it work. So I learned that I'm also very good at figuring things out and not getting stuck, but knowing that everything is figure outable. I love that. So, so true. And how, how does your husband view your business now? So now it's not a matter of, of money and finances. It's a matter of time <laughs> that I'm spending too much time in the business and he wants more time, more of my time. So He's starting to see this a, a little bit of imbalance in my life where my priority right now is to, you know, get through this next launch, book 10 clients, you know, reach those specific goals just in this little specific area of life. Mm -hmm. Not like it's going to be this way forevermore, but now it's finding that balance between work and family mm -hmm. because I, and I do believe you do not need to have perfect balance throughout life. There are times you are going to be very unbalanced so you can push forward to your goals, but it won't stay like that forever. Mm. So now I'm having to reassure him, don't worry, I'll be back to normal once we, we reach this next goal. Uh, uh, and again, you know, balance is a funny thing because people think balance has to be 50-50, but work-life balance is different for everyone. Like success is different for everyone. And you know, wealth and happiness is all different for everyone. And, and like you say, you know, it goes in seasons. And if you're in launch, then you know that 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 is a particularly busy time. But again, nothing is is permanent and, and everything is figure outable, like you just said. Um, and so, again, it's having that flexibility and I suppose communicating that to loved ones so they also navigate through that. Like I know at the moment, um, over the last six weeks, I've probably worked every night um, as well as in the day doing various um, interviews and, and client calls because of time, time zones and all of that. But I, you know, I navigate that with my husband and with my son and bedtime and make sure that there's always a few nights where I'm not so I can be there for both of them. Um, but again, it's having that flexibility and the confidence to do that. How do you manage your self-care to, to be able to show up 
um, and be 100% focused on the business in the business at the time, but also, you know, a busy family with five children and a husband. How, what do you do to make sure that you are filling your cup? So I learned this very early on when I was building my business, which I'm so grateful I did, but I started a magic morning routine and I made it just a matter of 30 minutes or so, but I would wake up before the kids woke up and I would just have that little pocket of time to myself where it was quiet, where I could hear myself think, where I could reflect, where I could um, maybe do a little stretching, a little reading, a little, you know, exercise, whatever it was, I had that little pocket of time just to myself where I would journal, I would meditate, I would reflect. And that brought me to a whole nother level of productivity throughout my day. It just charged me every day because my cup was full. Totally, totally. And this is the thing that I see so many people resist is they have this block that if they put themselves first, they're seen as selfish. Um, and they sometimes almost wear it as a badge, you know, oh, I, I always put others before me. I'll always put others before me as if that's a good thing. Um, now, on paper, it could be seen as a good thing as in, you know, you're a great friend, et cetera. But the reality is if you're running on empty, you're not going to show up for your friends or your family in a way that serves them or how you want to be showing up. And there's only so much we can do with that without burning out and having burnt out myself and been signed off um, when I was in the corporate world. I know that that's not great either. Um, so I love how you you mentioned that just finding the time, because, again, people say I haven't got time. I haven't got time for this. But finding that half an hour before your children wake up and using that as a non-negotiable every day sets you up for the day. And you said ever since doing that, your productivity has increased tenfold. Um, and again, it just really highlights that, how, that that first 30 minutes to 60 minutes of any given day will determine the day that we have. If you get up and you check, uh, check your phone and there's um, a crappy email on there or someone's made a comment or there's some sad news or something, one, you can lose an hour of that time being caught up in that. But then it impacts your mood. Um, and you can feel upset, stressed, frustrated, pissed off, whatever it may be, which then rolls into how you then speak to your family before work, after work, drop them off at school. Then you all come home feeling guilty that you've spoken to them like that. And you go through that whole day and it just sets you up on that cycle. Whereas if you wake up and you know that a half an hour is dedicated to you, that you are going to use productively to set your mind and body in the right place for you to do what you need to do and show up, then it creates such a positive ripple effect, which is, is just so important. Um, which then leads me on to my next question, which I have just spoken about briefly on that. How do you manage time? Because I see you as a very successful business woman who is busy, busy in business and busy in family. And yet I see you doing it all. Um, and yet I see some people who've got no responsibilities, who never have any time to do anything. How do you manage your relationship with time? 
Oh, such a good question. And yes, we are all given that same gift of 24 hours, right? Nobody's getting any more. Nobody's getting any less. We all have that same gift of 24 hours in a day. And there are simple things I like to do to help me stay productive because I have a sister-in-law who is not, who struggles with the time management and she gets very frustrated because she doesn't get very far in her day. So I have simple things that I've always gone to and that I now teach other people to do to help them throughout their day with productivity and time. And the first is to keep a time journal to log how you spend every hour of your day for 24 hours. And you will learn so much about yourself and how you're spending your time. And then it will let you see where you could save time or possibly be spending your time elsewhere. It's such an eye-opening exercise and yet it's so simple. So -hmm. that's the first thing. And then my second productivity tip would be simple things such as make your bed every morning, because not only are you accomplishing something right off the bat every morning, but it propels you forward into this motion forward motion of let's keep checking things off the list. Let's keep getting things done. And with that, I like to also recommend getting dressed every day to the shoes, whether you leave your house or not get dressed to the shoes. That means you are dressed for success. You are ready to go. You are ready to get stuff done. And I found those have really helped me keep going throughout my day and not get distracted and not get stuck, but just be in this forward motion every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely love that, that time journal. I've heard people talk about, you know, writing um, down how you spend your time, uh, but not quite in the same way as that journal. And I'm certainly going to get my husband to use that, who doesn't have time for stuff um, because <laughs> It really does make you realize one, how much you're on social media or your screen and two, how much free time you do have, but you're just filling it up with mediocre things or things that aren't really serving you in the best way. Um, I'd love to know what you would then say or advise people who have resistance in completing that journal because when people suddenly realize they have a lot of time, they've lost that excuse. And they've been living by that excuse for many a year. And that's been their little safety security blanket as to why they're not where they are. And so if they're then being told and then they can physically see, well, I, oh God, I actually do have this time. Now what? How, do, how would you navigate someone through that? That resistance part of it. It's about self-reflection. What do you want to be able to do with your days? What do you want out of your day and your time? Do you want something more? Are you quite content being where you're at? But if you're content, why are you complaining about it? Mm. You know, that usually is an indicator that you want something more and that you could do better. Yes. Yeah. But again, what they're complaining is on autopilot as part of their their makeup, isn't it? It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they will say all these things, you know, I've had uh, people that are so, so um, wired to say they can't afford something that they would say mm-hmm. they can't afford a freebie because they're just put up in 
I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. I haven't got the money. I can't afford it. But it's free. Yeah, but I just can't afford it. I haven't got time. I haven't got time. And they'll very much <laughs> live by that, that they don't even know that they are saying it. And they're so yeah. caught up in that cycle um, that it has just become their way of living. Now, you and I both know that you can break that cycle through a choice in, in any given second. And there are things that, that you can do to, to move um, beyond that. One being your time journal where you can be, well, actually, I do have time. Um, and also being mindful of how you speak and, and what it is that you're actually wanting to achieve um, and seeing the value. Because the reality is whatever we really want, we find the time and the money for. You found £6,000 or however much it was with your coach um, when you've, in theory, didn't have it, but you somehow found a way. And that's the thing I think if, whenever people are caught in the money and time cycle, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to put that full investment in right now, because there are lots of different ways in which you can invest now, but it's creating that shift. And just by you um, going against your husband's wishes of getting that refund and trusting in yourself, lit a spark in you that made you unstoppable because you were a woman on a mission where you could have easily said, I need a refund, I want a refund. No, I, you know, I need to wait six months. Um, and you didn't. Uh, it's true. Yeah, sorry, carry on. I had all intentions of getting that money back. Mm. And what I was looking for subconsciously, I didn't know this at the time, but I was just looking for somebody to say, you've got this. You can do this. And this is ex exactly what you need. Mm. And when she said those words, I was like, yep, you're right. Mm. I just wanted somebody to validate that. Mm. I already knew it inside. I just needed someone to speak it for me. Mm. Mm. And that's what gave me the confidence to move forward. And you're absolutely right. If you want it bad enough, you figure out how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how bad do you want it? How bad do you want your own business? How badly do you want a few extra hours in every day? How badly do you want to provide your family with financial freedom or whatever it is? Mm. It's so true because you were looking for external validation to reassure you to do it. Whereas some people seek it to reassure them not to do it. And I think that's the difference. You actively seeked out someone who you knew a coach would be there to support you, push you and make you better and get you from where you are to where you want to be. You've then built a community around you of people who will push you, um, support you, understand you and help you to get to where you want to be. So you are getting results, whereas there are other people that might verbally say that that's what they want, but then actively seek support and advice from people they know that are going to back up their inner thoughts of nah now's not the right time and again I think that's down to choice isn't it we're all you know you're no different from anybody else the advice that you went after led you down a path of um, productivity actions and results based on the choices that you made and you consciously made those choices and I think sometimes we consciously make the choice to get people to reassure us on not doing something as well that is very true. Um, which, you know, is is not 
a judgment call is a confidence thing. I think sometimes, you know, we think, I, I, I even though I feel like I should, could do it, but, mm, I just don't know because it's a big amount of money. I just ask so-and-so, knowing damn well they'll say no. And then you're like, oh, okay. Whereas you didn't, you put yourself out there and went, no, my husband's telling me no. So I'm going to phone my coach who I know will give me a different answer. And like you said, you wholeheartedly trusted in her. And again, I think trust is such a big, a big topic and a big stumbling block with people. How do you form your trust in yourself and there and then also in other people? Mm, that's a good question. I think trust is obviously something that you have to grow. It's not something you can just hand over. And so I like to build that with little baby steps because you can't just one day decide to look in the mirror and say, I am a successful businesswoman and I am on top of the world. My mind wouldn't believe it. Mm. So you have to build bridging thoughts to gap where you are today to where you want to become and figure out what those little baby steps are in between something that your mind could wrap around and believe and then just take it another step further and then another step until you are at that place where you have trust in yourself and your abilities and in everyone else around you. Like my daughter, for example, she looks in the mirror and she says, oh, I'm so fat and ugly. And I'll say, no, you're not. You're beautiful and you're athletic and you're strong. And I'll say, say that, say that out loud. And she'll say, no. I don't believe it. So for her, I have to now say, okay, well, do you believe that you have a healthy body that is strong? And she said, yes. I said, then tell yourself that when you look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. I have a healthy body. I have a strong body. And your mind can believe that almost immediately. And then once you feel comfortable telling yourself that, what's the next thing you could tell yourself? Oh, I do have beautiful eyes and a strong body. And then she's moving in this forward motion with baby steps, bridging that gap of belief until she gets to the point where she can look in the mirror and say, I've got this. I'm on top of the world. I am beautiful inside and out. Let's do this. I love, I love, love, love that so, so much. And it's so powerful. Um, My mom did the same to me when I was younger. I remember um, her like listing all these things about me and asking me to repeat it and I remember crying so vividly now saying no because I just don't believe it I just don't believe it it's not true and and it's very hard I think you know when you're in that cycle um to say anything or to say anything and feel it because I think we can say stuff and it be and feel emptiness because we're like well these are just words but I think when you use the bridging technique which is so so powerful and effective you then start to allow yourself to to heal hear the words and feel the words and they become they're slightly stretched but they're not impossible and so you know that that you can get to that and that that's a comfortable stretch rather than going I'm a millionaire no no But it's like knowing that I'm capable of making money and I deserve to make money will lead you to then saying, you know, I'm a millionaire further down the line. But it's like you say, it's bridging that. Um, And again, I think that's where perhaps 
things like mantras and affirmations and positive statements get a bad rap because people just think, oh, well, if I just flippantly say these things that everyone else is saying, then I can make that connection. Um, and that's not true. And therefore they become empty words when they start to do what you've been doing with your daughter and, and what is, you know, so, so effective um, with bridging it. It just allows everything to just feel more real and relevant to them. Is it, honestly, there's been so many things that you've said tonight that have been my night, your, your day that have been totally on point and, I absolutely adore um, your attitude and outlook um, to everything. And I know the sporting um, side of things laid a real foundation on that. Um, and I'm such an advocate of that. But I, I genuinely, all jokes aside, feel that we learn so much and can learn so much from, from sports. And I think, you know, we all do sports at some point, um, whether it's just in school or whatever. But there's a lot that can come through in, in those experiences that we can then use to build on. Um, but your rawness and your um, outlook and everything and your inner confidence is really, really inspiring. Um, and I, you know, I'm so grateful that we've had the chance to, to speak um, today and for you to, to share your words of wisdom. I'd love for you just to finish, um, if you may, of just um, whether you intuitively have anything that you feel someone who might be listening, who might be in a similar position that you were in, um, that perhaps you needed to hear way back then that you can then pass on to other people? Is there anything that you can share with them right now? Yes, 100%. And that is no matter where you are in life, no matter your circumstance, no matter what's happening around you, you are enough just as you are today, right now in this moment. Love it. Love it. It's been amazing, Barbie Joe. Thank you so much. Um, how can people stay connected to you? Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, you can always find me on my website, uh, barbiejoe.com. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Facebook as Barbie Joe and Instagram as barbiejoe.hatch. Cool. Um, I'll add all of them onto the show notes anyway. But uh, um, as I said, it's been brilliant. And if anyone who's been listening, who's been truly inspired with what um, Barbie Joe has to say or wants any support and advice on um, getting more organized, which I know I benefit from, um, <laughs> then obviously please reach out. But uh, as always, we're both here to support um, anyone who feels the, the need for that. So please don't stay silent. Please reach out and we can both help in some capacity. Um, so thank you once again, Barbie Joe. It's been amazing. And thank you everybody for listening. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.